0: Welcome, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. This is Brother Jimmy Fortunato and you're listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Baptist Church in Tennessee. For more information about our church, please visit us on the web at pilgrimbaptist.church. This morning we're going to be back in 2 Timothy, so let's get there. 2 Timothy chapter number 2. The Bible says... Starting in verse number 1. Thou, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Christ. We talked about how to be a good soldier previously. And then verse number 4, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Let's key in on verse number 1 this morning. Thou therefore, my son, be strong. Be strong. That's what we're going to learn this morning. Let's pray. Thank You, God, for Your Word. Help me to tell the truth. Help me to be able to... Give your word to your saints that they be edified this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. We see in in this passage soldiers. We see warring. We see uh, chosen him to be a soldier. um, Committing to faithful men. And all of that has to come from being strong. And strength comes from character. That character is found in verse number one. Look at it. In the grace that is in Christ Jesus. You know, the definition of character is going to be how you treat those that can do nothing for you. None of us can really do anything for Jesus to help, to to, to, to benefit Him. He doesn't need our benefit. He doesn't need our help. But what He did for us is the true meaning of the strength of His character. He did for us, we could do nothing for Him in return. And our true character comes from what we'll do for others who can offer us nothing in return. Do you think the poor man on the street can offer the rich man anything? No. What's he gonna give him advice on what the next best investment's gonna be? He's got nothing to offer that guy. True character. How do we find it? Where do we find it? In the grace that is in Christ Jesus. It all comes down to the character of Christ this morning. The Bible says, none that doeth good. The Bible says, all have forsaken the right way. The Bible says all have gone astray. The Bible says, none are righteous. The Bible says we are all as an unclean thing. All our righteousness are as filthy rags. Clean up the kitchen. You clean up all around the house. You clean up in the bathrooms. And you think the house is clean and you hold the rag up and say, look, God, might as well what you do because that's what God sees. That dirty, filthy rag. We can offer God nothing. As hard as we try to clean, We're unclean before God. Yet, He gave His Son to die for our sins. We all do fade as a leaf. All our iniquities, like the wind, have led us astray. We deserve wrath. We've earned death. In our condition, the only place that we're really fitted for in our sinful condition is a devil's hell. And God said, I'm going to step down, send my son. He's going to pay for your sins. And I am going to make the sacrifice for you because you can't do it for yourself. What we do is unprofitable. So someone came and profited for it, gave us profit, gave us worth. And that's Jesus Christ. That's why the Bible says, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. What do we have lacking today? Strong Christ-like character in young people. Because we're taught only do for others if they do for you. Only do for someone else if they can do for you. Anybody ever hear the law of reciprocity? You hear about that law of reciprocity? That law of reciprocity says... If you do something for someone else, they will likely return the favor. An example of that is two business associates go out for lunch. And one business associate says, hey, I'll pick up the check. The next time those guys go out for lunch, the other business associate is probably going to say, hey, I got the check this time. So what people do is they exploit the law of reciprocity and say, I'm going to do for somebody else because I know they're going to do something for me. That's called exploiting the law of reciprocity. That's not what Christians ought to do. That's not what Christ did. It's not like He laid down His life for us thinking, yeah, I'm going to give my life because I know if I give my life, the law of reciprocity that I created or didn't create, depending on where you fit in that argument, it really doesn't matter. What matters is, God wasn't counting on us to give Him anything back of any value. He's got all the value. He's got all the worth. He laid down His life and He wants us, just out of a grateful heart, to live for Him and love for Him. Not because it increases His worth. Worthy is the Lamb. Unworthy were us. He gave us His worth. But here's the problem. Because strong character is lacking in young people or in Christians, strong leadership will also be lacking. And when strong leadership is lacking, Christians aren't ready to go to war. Do we see in this passage of Scripture, no man that warreth? This is a war. Boys and girls, this is a battle. Your character has to be developed so you have the leadership, strong Christ-like leadership. And that leadership will cause you, allow you to be ready for war. What do you want in a friend? Do you want him good at running and jumping and bike riding like with you? Or would you rather him be good in kindness and caring what do you want in a boss someone that's very very good at computer programming or do you want a boss that's very good at being honest and having integrity uh young ladies do you want when you grow up do you want a husband who's good at mowing the lawn and good at earning money or do you want one that's good at providing emotionally for you and being patient with you? Which would you rather have, young boys? You want when you grow up, you want a girl that can cook well and clean well, or you want one that's just good at being sweet and being kind and loving and caring? Which one would you rather, rather have? If you had to choose one, which would it be? You see, character is more important. We all know that. So let's look at some ways we can build strong character that's based on grace-based or Christ-based leadership. First, we'll call these the ABCs. A, align. align. Don't force. Don't force people to do things they can't do. Don't force people to do things they don't want to do. Find out their skill sets. Find out their strengths. And help to encourage them to go on for the Lord. Success is not what you have. Success is who you are. Who are you? Are you finding strength in the grace that is in Christ Jesus? That's what God would want you to be. Finding your strength in His grace. Align with people. And get them to align with what God would want them to do and help them to find out what their strengths are. But don't force people. Don't force people to do things. B, build teams. Don't destroy people. Build teams. How many of you like putting puzzles together? That's what you need to do. That's how you build a team. You put a puzzle together. All the puzzle pieces are different. But they all have a place. One of the problems with leadership is people try, leaders try, this is a leadership mistake. They try or 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 they accomplish only surrounding themselves with yes men. You know what a yes man is? It's the same as a yes woman. You know what a yes woman is? Whatever it is, it's yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. Think of a puzzle. Every single piece of that puzzle is different, yet every single piece of that puzzle has a place. Every single one of us are different in Christ's eyes as far as the gifts he's given us, the way we look, our personalities. We're all different. And you know what? He's got a place for every single one of us. And if we just fit together, the whole puzzle looks great. It's not one piece. It's not just the preacher that has to do everything or should do everything or everybody just sucks the life out of or he sucks the life out of everybody else. It's not one piece of the puzzle. How many of you kids would go to the puzzle store, the puzzle section of the store, buy a puzzle and take one piece and put it on the frame on the wall? You would want to do the whole puzzle, put it all together. We should want to get a variety of perspectives. I was at a church back in New Jersey, and I'm not going to tell you the church. I'm not going to mention the church. And if you ask me after church, I won't tell you. But I concluded that that guy's end goal in life was to see how many people he can get to leave his church. I really think he wanted it to end up just being him and his wife. and. That's no way to live, let alone build a church. Did you ever see... and I've seen this, and I'm sure you have, if you've been a Christian for any length of time. Someone has gotten the opportunity to to have a one-on-one conversation about a lost person. He's gotten their time and attention, which is hard to do nowadays. And when you watch it, you're almost like, is that guy's end goal just to start a fight? You got a guy that's willing to talk to you. Do your best to try to build something rather than just destroy him and shut him down. Look, we know he's a sinner. We know he's lost and he's on his way to hell. Let's not be happy about that. Let's try to get the guy to realize yeah, he needs to know about sin. He needs to know about hell. He needs to know about all that. We're not leaving that out. But he has to know you're there because there's something to be built. There's something better for him. Are you looking to just destroy? Or are you looking to bring someone to Christ? And judging a person doesn't define them. It defines you. (laughs) It defines you. Look, I get it. We're supposed to judge righteously with righteous judgment. I understand that and believe that. You understand and believe that. But you need to be real careful of the I'm so spiritual that I can just mow everybody over. God doesn't want us doing that. So, look, align, don't force, build teams, don't destroy people. C, create a down to earth culture. Don't dominate. Chill. Relax. People should trust you. They should be able to talk to you. They should be able to approach you. Learn to listen. Not hear. I I heard things all weekend. It was all noise. I didn't want to listen. So I bought noise cancellation earphones and I put them on my head so that I don't have to hear noise. Hearing isn't listening. Learn to listen. Learn to listen to understand, not to respond. Because if you're listening just to respond, you're not listening. You're just hearing words and you're looking to dump truck all your thoughts onto that person. If you just listen and not respond, you can hear the person out. Yesterday, tournaments going on, all of this noise, it's a loud gym, and someone comes into the bracketing tent and is blowing a gasket. And his wife is with him and she's not as fired up as he is, but something happened with their kids' match and they were upset. So you know what I have to do? Listen. Not just hear words and tell you, would you quit yapping and get out of here? Listen. I don't know if it's legitimate. I don't know if it's real until you listen. One of the empl- my employees was, getting, was starting to respond, and I tried to signal, hey, in a nice, polite way, just chill, just let him go. And after he was done, and after I knew he was done, I said, I understand that you are frustrated. And if what you're saying is true, I would be frustrated too. Let me get you over to the manager and or the head referee, and they will be more than happy to settle this problem for you. I explained to him what we did. I explained to him where and how specifically he can get help. And he got the help that he needed, and it worked out. When you're talking to someone about the Lord and they blow a gasket on you, let them blow a gasket. Let them yell. Let them vent. Let them say whatever they have to say. And then when they're done, ask them very politely, may I now speak? (laughs) Would you give me the chance and the time that I gave you to tell you about my Jesus? And you'd be surprised. They might not agree with you, but they'll respect the fact that you let Them speak, and you were kind and gracious enough to listen to them. Most of these lost people know that they're full of hot air anyway. (laughs) They're just thankful that you just let them vent. Just let them vent. Ladies, a good thing to do with the old man, too. (laughs) Just saying. Let Let them vent. Let them yell and scream. He'll go out, mow the lawn for an hour, come back in, he'll be thirsty, he'll he'll be fine. (laughs) All right, next. Learn to empower, not manage. Managing is just to be in charge, to administrate something. Managing is just to make sure something runs right. Empower means you give someone else some power. You give someone else some authority. You give someone else the encouragement with their ability to do something. And strong Christ like character and team building will require this. Don't you think Jesus Christ can just do it all? He can. He raised Lazarus from the dead. And then you know what he says? You you fellas, unloose him. He could have just as easily done it but he gets others involved. And that's what we need to be able to do. Get others involved so that they can do things. Let them take some risk. Allow people to think different. Be strong. But what do you do if you have someone that has a strong personality? What do you do if you have someone that has strong opinions? What do you do if you have someone that has strong convictions? Does anybody besides me know people like that? The, the worst thing you can try to do is change that person. Because now, now they're going to have another conviction they're going to be strong about. Not listening to you. <laughs> if they have a strong personality, that's who they are. Let them be that. Let them be that. They'll change when they're ready to change and they want to change. All right, strong character. Grace based leadership is servant leadership. It strengthens people to live to their fullest Christian potential. And it has the type of leadership that has the ability to translate vision into reality. You might have heard this said saying before, a true Christian knows the way of Christ, goes the way of Christ, and shows the way of Christ. Know the way, go the way, and show the way. Let's get Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11. Let's look look at a few of these. Proverbs chapter 11, verse number 16. A gracious woman retaineth honor, and strong men retaineth riches. Do we see in 2 Timothy 2? Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Proverbs 11:16 says a gracious woman retaineth honour and strong man retaineth riches. Graciousness without strength has its place. Strength without graciousness Has its place. But let's look at how one needs the other. Every woman should strive for more graciousness. Every man should strive for more strength. How? Sisters can show their brothers some more graciousness. How do I do that? Oh, you're really strong for helping me Move that. Thanks for that. You do a really good job at taking out the trash. That's how a sister can show her brother some graciousness. Brothers, be ready to use your strength to protect your sister. Every boy on my road and in my development growing up knew that if they messed with my sister, I was going to punch him in the nose. And every boy on your block, brother, should know that if anybody messes with my sister, you're going to, they, they should know you're going to punch them in the nose. Now, whether you punch them in the nose or not, that's not the point of the message. The point of the message is, you need to be ready to use your strength to protect your sister. Both graciousness and strength, both of them, are forces to be dealt with. And both are desirable character traits in their own right. Boys should not try to keep their sister in silence all the time and not allow her to have a brain to think or to speak. Husbands shouldn't do that to their wives. And that's not the way it ought to be. Too many men, rest the verse, women should be silent to their own destruction. They take it out of context and they use it to harm, not build up. You don't want to be the brother who constantly makes your sister feel uncomfortable. You're going to grow up to be a husband of poor character who's going to treat his wife the same way. Girls, you should not think that graciousness equals weakness and then slip into believing that you are worthless. That's equally unbalanced. So The Bible says it's not good for a man to be alone because he's without graciousness. Not good for a woman to be alone because she's without strength. Put a man and a woman together. They're joined to become one. They live for God. Strength and graciousness tends to be balanced out. You know what happens when a brother and sister stand together? More can be accomplished for Christ. You know what happens when a husband and a wife stand together? More can be accomplished for Christ. You know what happens when a church stands together? That church can do more for Jesus Christ. Who are you living for? Do we have graciousness and strength working to That's the goal. Working together. Proverbs chapter 11. Look at verse number 16. The Bible says, A gracious woman retaineth honor. A gracious woman retaineth honor. Look at Proverbs 9.13 now. A foolish woman is clamorous. She is simple and knowing nothing. You want to retain honor? Ladies, young girls, a gracious woman retaineth honor. You want to retain honor? Don't be foolish. Don't be clamorous. That's noisy and loud. Clamorous. Yep, 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 yep. That's noisy. Loud. We don't want that. Proverbs 21. Proverbs 21. Verse number 19: it is better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and an angry woman. Contentious means they're always ready to fight about something. It's one debate after another. It's one fight after another. This is why, guys, see, they don't go out in the wilderness anymore. They used to go out in the woods and pitch a tent and do something out in the woods, go hunting, or now they just build a man cave. <laughs> That's where, they get, that's where they go to get away from the contentiousness of an angry woman. I'm not saying all man caves are all bad. You guys that have man caves and your wives are listening, don't think that I'm saying that they're trying to get away from you. That's not what I mean. What I mean is, how do you build character? How do you retain honor? How do you retain graciousness? Don't do this. Don't be contentious. Proverbs 21. We got two more. These will be good. Proverbs 21, verse number 9. It is better to dwell in a corner of the housetop than with a brawling woman in a wide house. Brawling. They just like fights, they like quarrels. Imagine having a church and the ladies are fighting all the time. You don't want to do that. That doesn't retain honor for anything. It doesn't build anybody up in strength. The church becomes weaker. The cause of Christ becomes weaker. Gentlemen, We'll look at a few of these for you. The Bible says in Proverbs eleven sixteen, strong men retain riches. You can't let the world stop you from earning a living. The world's wicked. The world's this. The world's that. You've got to go get a job. Don't let the world stop you from accomplishing stuff. They're going to hustle and they're going to bring value to their job. That's what you need to do. You get a job. They look forward to bringing more value to the marketplace. They, spend, or they save their money. They don't just spend it all wastefully. Work hard at the service of others, not at the expense of others. We want to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. We need to work here as a New Testament church at the service of others Not at the expense of others. How can you be a strong man? How can you be a strong man in the Lord? Let's get Proverbs 22, verse number 24. The Bible says, Make no friends with an angry man, and with a furious man thou shalt not go. You want to know why? Verse 25, Lest thou learn his ways, And get a snare to thy soul. That's one way to become strong. Be careful who your friends are. Proverbs 29. Proverbs 29, verse number 22. An angry man stirreth up strife, and a furious man aboundeth in transgression. A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. There's a spirit about the way you act, boys. Don't be angry. Don't be furious. Alright, let's get Psalm 107. You want to be a strong man? You want to do something for Christ? Gentlemen, don't be a drunk. Proverbs 107.27 They reel to and fro and and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. You don't want that being you. Proverbs chapter number 6. Proverbs chapter 6, verse number 12. A naughty person, a wicked man, walketh with a froward mouth. You know what a froward mouth is? He can't control it. It's silly. You don't want to have a froward mouth. It's childish. It's a disobedient mouth. Boys, you want to retain riches? You want to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus? Don't be wicked. Don't be naughty. How about one more for you, gentlemen? Two more, two more, two more. Proverbs 22. This is a good one. Proverbs chapter 22, verse number 13. The Bible says, The slothful man saith, There is a lion without. I shall be slain in the streets. he <laughs> will make up anything. I can't go out there. There's a lion in the streets. A lion will get me. There ain't no lion out there, buddy. Get out there and do something, be strong. In the grace of Jesus Christ. Don't be slothful. You might be able to pull that off. You might be able to pull that off, and we saw some, you know, black bears getting into the trash in Florida, and there, I mean, there's bears, in, there's a bear in the street. I mean, that's the verse. There, the guys come there's a lion in the street. You could I mean, you could take the exception and try to make it a rule, which is what people do. That's why we had bear saver trash cans. So when you put them out, the black bears don't get into your trash. Dad, I can't take the trash out. There's a bear out there. Come on. Go take the trash out. You can outrun them. <laughs> Don't take the exception and make it the rule. There's no bear in the street. There's no lion in the street. Get after it. Matthew chapter 7. Verse number 26. Matthew 7, verse 26. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. You hear, you don't do. God says that's foolish. It doesn't really take much to join the crowd. If everybody's doing it, it's going to be easy for you to do. It's going to feel good because everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. I got to do it. God's word says something. If you don't do it, he says it's foolish. When your parents ask you not to do something or do something because it's the right thing to do or not do, and you don't want to do it, God says that's foolish. The world is going to have a completely different message. You're going to go play with a bunch of kids, and then the bunch are going to scramble together in a little circle, and they're going to be doing something that your parents ask you not to do. You know what you're going to want to do? What the crowd does. It feels good. I do it. This is how... People get into trouble. If it feels good, I do it. If it looks good, I go after it. If it sounds good, I listen to it. God doesn't want you to live your life like that. That's not strength. You're in bondage. You're in weakness. You're controlled by the external circumstances. God wants you to be strong in His grace. And then you're ready to go to war and do something powerful for Him. Finishing up. The Bible says in Proverbs 11, 4, riches profit not in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivereth from death. Don't matter how much money you have, can't save your soul. The Bible says in Psalm 49, 12, nevertheless, man being in honor abideth not, he is like the beasts that perish. You're going to die someday. Your body's going to go on the ground. Your spirit's going to return to the God who created you and your soul's going to either go to one of two places, heaven or hell. We're talking about character and being strong in Christ. It's not something you're born with. And being a Christian isn't something you're born with. That's why the Bible says you must be born again. We were all born with a set of fingerprints and we can't develop those fingerprints. They are what they are. But your character, you can develop that. Through getting in God's Word, through hearing some good preaching, through studying the Bible, you can develop strength and character from the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Your fingerprints you were born with, you know what else you might have been born with? Christian parents. You can't change that. If your parents are saved and Christians, you were born with that. You can't change that. You don't have a choice. But you know what you do? You know what you have a choice of? If you want to be a Christian. You can have good character. You can follow the principles of the Bible. but The Bible says if you that you must be born again. There has to be a change. There has to be a repentance. You have to turn from what you've been trusting in and you have to turn toward faith. With faith, you have to turn toward God, put your faith and trust in what He did for you. That's why the Bible says, I am the way. That's what Jesus said, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Jesus Christ is the truth and He is the only one that can make you free. That's it. Anything else? You're in bondage to your sin. Thou therefore, my Son, 2 Timothy 2, verse 1, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Look at this. Your weakness, my weakness, is our strength because it's in Christ. And when you realize you're weak and you find yourself strength in Christ, your weakness becomes your strength. Recognizing your weakness reveals where the strength is. Psalm thirty-three, seventeen says, "And horse is a vain thing for safety; neither shall he deliver any by his great strength." I've got the strongest horse. I've got the strongest. Army of horses and all that. Well, it might be strong now, but if you're not resting in the strength, it's only found the grace of Christ. That horse ain't going to do much for you. Here's a few phrases. Uh, let's, 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 here's, let's do one phrase. This really Hurts people and it takes the wind right out of their sails. You'll never change. Husbands say that to wives. Wives say that to husbands. Friends say that to other friends. You'll never change. It doesn't matter who says it. It's hurtful. Sometimes it's not meant to be mean or vindictive. Sometimes it's just the truth, meant to serve as a harsh blow of objective reality. And maybe, maybe it was what we needed to hear to do the opposite, cause us to think about that we need to change. Here's what I'm asking. We all look at ourselves in the mirror and change. Admit that we're weak and that we can find our strength in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And if we've been trusting in our own strength, then we're not in the true strength that can be found in Christ. Will you change? question we'll all have to answer. The Gospel of Jesus Christ is all about change. It's about changing you and I from weakness to strength that is only found in Christ Jesus. We don't have to stay in trusting our own strength anymore. If we're saved, let's find our strength to do what we need to do for Him in Him. If you're not saved, if you're trusting in your own strength to get to heaven, you're not going to get there. You're not strong enough to get to heaven on your own. The Bible says, "...For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us, Nying ungodly and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world." Looking for that blessed hope. The glorious appearing of the great God, our Savior Jesus Christ, Who gave himself for us? He gave himself for you and for I, that he might redeem us from all iniquity, save us from our sins, and look, and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Which, if you're a Christian, we should all be zealous to work for him. Would you bow with me, please? Thank you, Lord. Help us to be strong in the grace You've provided for us through Your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank You for making salvation so apparent. You've revealed it to all men. Help us to be a good gospel witness for You. Be strong to stand up for the truth. Help us to apply these truths this week as we go about our our day and our week as we go from here. In Jesus Christ's name, Amen. Amen. Thanks a bunch for listening. For more information about Pilgrim Baptist Church, be sure to visit us online at pilgrimbaptist.church where you can also send me a personal message or learn more about joining us for a church service. And remember, Christ is all.